Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. Hello, friends. Hello. What's up? What is up? What is up, gamers? <laughs> oh, gaming my life away. Yo, it's your boy C-Snacks. We're going to do a review of uh, mac and cheese and in the box. <laughs> uh, I have to do a review of... Uh, I'm an influencer now, so I get sent a lot of things uh, in the mail. And they tell me to to review them and, and give out promo codes to my fans. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, what, have you, what have you got recently? Uh, this VPN called Dollar VPN Club. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> how would you rate its security out of um, three? Um, I'd say, like, negative 47 and then, like, like 900 A's and then uh-huh. um, a 32-bit address and then... Um, some shell code to add a user. Sweet. Eight out of eight, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, what's up everybody? How's everybody been? We have a lot of people on tonight. Um, This is a pretty pretty cool show. Um, We last year did a mental health for hackers. Um, It was a bit chaotic, but it was awesome because we all sort of just vented and had had a good time. I feel like we definitely have some more well-equipped people who have some awesome things to say about mental health. And it's something that we've all been, you know, dealing with, talking about, trying to figure out resources for, and in general, just trying to get more people to speak about as people who are in the computer industry and who identify in some way as a hacker. Um, So really grateful for everybody here who showed up. Um, So anybody here who's not usually on our show, um, usually in the beginning, we talk about, Anything cool we did this weekend? So, anyone do anything cool this weekend? Hell graduated. Yeah. You graduated? Oh shit, that's real cool. <laughs> Wait, who was that? That's me, not Pike. Oh, Pike. Oh yeah, you totally did. That's awesome. Yeah, I just got the official word from my school saying I'm graduated and they'll give me my diploma here at the end of the month. So, woo. That's awesome. Congrats. That's such a good feeling to be done. Oh, it's I'm never done. It's just glad to get a piece of paper. Yeah. I mean not done. Done with that at least that one phase. Yeah. And that's... then you can be like the rest of us and pay off your loan for the next seventy five years. <laughs> yeah. This should be fun though. I don't know. It took me thirteen years to get this far, so yay. <laughs> I think the DOE uses struts, if anybody's curious. Um but the um to go this weekend uh what did i do i don't even know i went to a, a flea market it was cool Heck yeah <laughs> i didn't find anything it was actually surprisingly lacking in electronics which i was really bummed about there's a lot of crystals though which could technically be turned into electronics if i wanted to but i don't have a milling machine i really like uh the crossover between the crazy astrologists, like like crazy crystal, powerful crystals, and then it's like they don't know what an oscillator is. Yeah, but there's also there's truth to that too. It's like yeah, this uh, quartz definitely has some unlocked hidden power uh, <laughs> that we weren't supposed to know about that we somehow harnessed, and uh, it's good stuff. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, so if anybody doesn't have anything else to go on, we should try to get through the news kind of quickly so we can do our uh, do our actual discussion. We have we have notes for the discussion, which is a big plus. Um, so we try to just uh, have some awesome uh, talks about things and resources, and some of the people in here are actively involved in organizations that can help um, and try to do outreach for hackers. So I'm really excited to talk to them. Um, so yeah, let's get to the news. Uh, the first thing, here, I'll just post this again in the chat here. Thanks, what's my OPSEC um, for the bits? Um, so yeah, the first story on here is Amazon's uh, FC ambassadors. Uh, story about this. So this this kind of came came. This has been going on for a bit, but a couple of days ago, people started really making a uh, a big deal out of it. Is all of the Amazon fulfillment center ambassadors that have just sort of invaded Twitter with the most insanely cold, generic responses to any criticism against Apple, with all these just completely bullshit. I mean, um, not Apple, Amazon, with completely bullshit. Um, like ways of uh, of describing how the company operates. Um, this is just pretty insane. This is a lot of a lot of accounts that do this. This is like a quite a big little botnet they got going on here. Nothing about this surprises me whatsoever. Having worked there for five seconds, <laughs> they yeah. oh my god, they really really. I, I, this is my first time on the show. So by the way, thank you for having me on. So I don't know how much shit you guys actually talk about. We talk a lot of shit. Okay, yeah, you, cool. You can get it. All right. Yeah, fuck them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is completely something Amazon. I, I was in AWS, uh, and yeah, this is, I saw this and surprised me not one bit. Yeah. Actually, I um, I met uh, a, a recruiter, an Amazon recruiter at a con, um, and they were like, yeah, if you're looking for a job, hit me up. So I actually was at the time. I hit them up like a week later. They'd already quit. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Like, that's a good sign. Short shelf life. Like butter. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, um, I guess I would be pursuing that. I actually wouldn't be surprised if these people also moonlight for Apple and get confused and start like uh, uh, defending Apple on the Amazon feed and that kind of thing. No, there are not suicide nets at Am Amazon. Apple, a Amazon, uh, Bezos. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just crazy because I mean, it's there. A lot of the accounts, what I noticed was, were very very sloppy. Some of them had names of the wrong name and the wrong picture. And like just completely different language that you would like on across different posts. Like it would be like a couple of months and be like, hi, my name's like Josh. And then hi, my name's like Vivian. And it's just like in the same account. And then like those two posts would be on there, and then the other person would be named like Martha on the actual account. You're like, who like, what is this? I've, I've never seen such sloppy work with with uh you know my favorite comment on this <laughs> from these is uh party thrash dads it says i've seen more believable hostage videos yes. <laughs> <laughs> i like that uh, they all use the same uh email or at least like the same mask it begins with fc it's clearly amazon.com at the end mm -hmm. um, like well done at hiding things on twitter are you new <laughs> it's just like i don't know people like this will only ever be sustainable and work for a couple of accounts. It's just, I don't know how they managed to, to put out this much infra and then just make it so easy to trace back to, to what they were trying to do. Just it's absurd. And I don't know, what are we going to do? No, nothing's going to really stop Amazon. So like some of the ones were like super like sad, like, uh, I was like, Oh yeah. Sometimes I just like to hug these stuffed animals and pretend they're my children like <laughs> i was like what the fuck like if you're gonna try for like not uh, like cyberpunk dystopia like maybe tone it down a bit like i don't know what's wrong with that <laughs> i wish i could see my children but instead i use all of your stuffed animals before i send them out yeah there's, this, there's like a season of south park about this um <laughs> it's literally the thing yeah but uh, I, I think yeah, no matter what happens with all this crazy stuff and Amazon, like, clearly being fucking weird or whatever, uh, people are always going to be like, oh, I want to go work at Amazon, and then they're going to do it anyway. So I don't know how much impact this is going to have either way, really. Yeah, who knows? I, I feel like once you get this big, people are still, there's people, there's entire sectors of people in education right now that 
their dream is to be going to Amazon. So who knows? And it's also the Walmart effect where it becomes a source of a lot of jobs. So a lot of people will go there and that's just the only option they're going to really have. And whether or not they want to sit there and, and astroturf Amazon on Twitter, it's still a lot of people's only choice, which is really unfortunate. Um, but yeah. Um, so Andy, this next one, I was like laughing at this because I don't know if, if I support this or not. The next one is federal police are fighting court um, that rules uh, that mobile phones are not computers. This is yeah. in for the AFP, right? Yeah, this is for the Australian federal police. Uh, I don't know how well, how far it extends into uh, uh, intelligence agencies. I doubt very far. Um, however, like, lol, like, <laughs> phone has CPU, has storage, has memory, runs like the same kernel or like a very similar kernel that is running on a desktop. Like, it has all the features, like all the attributes that you would say a computer has, but it's not. That's cool. And then, yeah, so it means that, like, like all the all the all the uh, laws that apply to like you know um, handing over data that's on encrypted disks because like you can be jailed for up to two years if you don't hand over the crypto keys um, to to devices that have been proven to have evidence on them. So like if if you're surveilled and uh, I can't remember the exact details, but it's like if you're surveilled and it's shown that that disk contains um, evidence on a crime and then you you willingly hide it, you can be jailed or whatever. And I can't remember how long that continues for. But I guess that just means that like phones no longer fall under that category of computer. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's pretty weird. Yeah, does that weird. mean I could ha- like hide my my keys on like <laughs> on an Android emulator? <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, like, oh man, there's just so many things that if you were on probation and you weren't allowed to touch a computer, or like you weren't allowed to use like a desktop or whatever, do you just use a phone? Like, is that okay? Can you VNC into a computer yeah, <laughs> from a SSH phone? Like, yeah. Which is weird because the phones now are probably more powerful than most of the computers like the judges have on their desks at home. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, telecoms <laughs> in Australia, it's a, it's a weird place. <laughs> I came on there. That was me for a second, sorry. Hey, so quick thing. Ben, I just clicked your link in the chat and I'm on Linux on Zoom. And somehow, I don't know why this happened, but it defaulted to opening up the Wine browser for some reason. And it was in a loop where it opened up like two. Very <laughs> oh, no. for the classic blunder. I had to, I had to do. I, I didn't do it, I swear. It wasn't intentional. I had to leave the meeting and I was like, shit, I need to, I have to quickly make DNZ the host. And then, because I'm the host of the, of the, of the meeting and then try to kill the zoom process, which didn't kill the wine browser process. So I'm over here at PSOX, like sweating now, like how do I make my computer not crash right now like, on the stream? So yeah. Oh, okay. That's so sorry. Bug. No, I'm not, not, not bummed at all. That was an awesome, awesome bug. Um, I think there was a similar ruling. Sorry, just to get back to the on the topic, there was a similar ruling in like I, I want to say Denmark, but you're gonna have to check me on this fact. Um, where routers on like network devices were not considered computers because they didn't have um, like a hard drive or something. It was like some really weird loophole. I don't know if that still stands, but it meant that uh, in the regions where those laws applied, that owning uh, a network device was not owning. A computer, which is super weird. I mean, when you look at things like Mirai or whatever, right? That's all they own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you infecting if not computers at that point? Like, <laughs> oh man, could you set up your whole like setup routers, everything? Like your whole home network is a is a phone. Yeah, you just have a whole bunch of phones, and you run like I don't know, OpenStack or not. You're on Linux, you run Android OpenStack and have like distributed compute. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, holy shit. I, I, I just clicked Ben's link and now my fridge just rebooted. So I think something's fucked up. Bad leaks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was wondering though. So if, if what about specifically a phone would not make it a computer? Because you just run Android 
on your desktop computer and say it's a phone. So like, like Chromebooks or whatever. Like yeah. Oh, here's a GSM module. It's uh, it's a phone. Yeah, its primary purpose is for making phone calls. I, but I, <laughs> I mean, there's some really weird stuff that's like left over in the telecommunications acts from like '93, '95 um, that apply to computers. So I wonder if maybe, like for example, you can't. I think. There's like a you can't port scan kind of uh, clause because and if you like if you do port scan, it's like um, if you find a vulnerability, regardless of if you exploit it, like that's illegal. Which is like I don't think anybody's ever been charged with that ever. Um, but it's like a leftover from like war dialing. So I'm wondering like now to, to like if you if you port scan from your phone, what's that? Are you war dialing again? Like in the eyes of the court? Yeah, let me fire up my rotary computer. <laughs> like super weird. So for uh, ignorant Americans, is that telecom act kind of like the CFAA here? Uh, I think it's under the criminal code somewhere, but I can't okay, remember. I just didn't know if it, like, it was equivalent. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Really? Because somebody told me you were, so now I'm in deep shit. <laughs> I can't give it legal advice, but hack the planet. Great. Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. The German um, 90s is alive. Yo, so the next story we have on here, um, DeVos-linked adoption agency exposed highly sensitive children's medical data. Um, this is pretty sick. Uh, basically, this uh, adoption agency that gets... Uh, kids that were taken from their parents at the border um, just left a bunch of PDFs with like kids medical, like full medical records, just like on their website. <laughs> like cool. That's a good thing to leave for like, you know, when the kid becomes an adult and they can get totally frauded. Yeah. It had all their information on it. Apparently like all, like some really detailed information that like, I don't want to know about. Um, just on uh, on the website. So yeah, they prepping to sell them like on eBay. Like maybe those were just specs. <laughs> yeah, right. Spec sheets. The data sheet for my child was left yeah. on the site. No, it's it's definitely pretty fucked. Um, and it just goes to show, like, for a lot of the sort of like really sloppy organizations that try to like, I guess, make a quick buck or something. Who knows? Um, trying to do something that's supposedly good. Uh, still, like, I, I don't know. I, I there's no like justification for this it breaks like so many different regulations like federal regulations like HIPAA and like other sorts of other uh data protection laws I don't know how they'd still be in business after something like this but yeah cool I mean how is anybody ever in business for doing this because this happens literally all the time oh absolutely it's just like one of those things that when it's like 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 kids like they didn't sign up to have their data yeah that's super shit like there's already people that are in like a stressful like environment and situation. Like if you're like a refugee child, that's like, I don't know. It's just, it's like way more fucked up than like, Oh, my adult friend finder or, you know, <laughs> you, can't, leaks. Like, you can't consent to like your data being put anywhere. So, yeah. But have you guys ever been asked if you've, uh, if you want to sponsor a child, yeah. you want, you want to sponsor a child? Like, you know, those professional muggers in the street. That's new. You've never been asked if you want to sponsor a child. Oh, like the, like the, like, what is it, like a 50 cents a day or whatever? Like on PBS. Yeah. I mean, never buy a, like a mugger in the street. No, I only get handed CDs. <laughs> no, they're like char- charity muggers. Like, well, that's what we call them here. And they, they come up and like, hey, do you want to sponsor a child? I mean, the best response is like, do I get the child? Like if I'm paying. <laughs> yeah. And, and if so, can we do like a performance test? Like, what am I buying into? Yeah. yeah. My favorite part of those is they want you to write down like your credit card number on this piece of paper for them. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like can you just write down all your personally like can you just write down everything I need to steal your identity right here on this piece of paper? Um, I've had a I've had like a like an argument in the street with one of those guys. I was like, I'm not right. I was like, I'll give you five bucks to the to your charity right now, like cash. And he's like, No, we only take credit. I'm like, well, what you want me to write it down? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, no. Um, he's like, well, I'm like, you'll just get hacked and like, or you'll run off with it. Like you'll lose your paper board, like paper clipboard or whatever. And he's like, uh, no, nobody would hack us. We're a charity. I was like, oh, that's a guy who knows how to risk model. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
They're like, oh, never going to ch- get hacked because you're a charity. I mean, let me tell the Russians about that one. Um, so the next story that we have on here uh, is weird because it just gives you this JSON response. It just says, not found. And I go on Google to search for wired, no license plate, and it's not found either. Um, so well, I'm going to pull up a cached copy. Um, That's weird. I see it. I see this sign too. Unless you're making jokes about it returning null. No, it's literally like uh, it's saying like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I can post the screenshot. Maybe I don't know. It just gives me this JSON response. Wait, so y'all can see it though? Yeah, it's probably Ben's fault. Trying to shit line. Let me push an update to my rat one sec. <laughs> I don't know, that null article might be just returning null. Just That'd be cool. I mean, if somebody did that, but <laughs> okay. If anybody can read it, just go on Google and get the uh, cached version of it. Um, so yeah, this is pretty cool. Somebody um, had done a license plate that just said null and ended up getting a bunch of play, uh, parking violations from other people because of the mislabeled um, like tickets. What's funny is the they came in from like before the guy had the number plate, before he had the car, like <laughs> Just like they just built up from, you know, however many errors in the system, and then he gets them all. <laughs> well thought the out. Fucked up, the fucked up part is this is not actually uh, California DMV freaking going after him. These are like private uh, collection agencies. So whenever like tickets don't get paid, they'll go to a collection agency who don't give a fuck. These are like scalpers, and they're just like going after him for money, and they'll just fucking start doing like these really gnarly things. It's not good. Yeah. They all think they're like dogs a bounty hunter too, and they come out of nowhere like <laughs> it's like Mr. License plate of Noel. You have unpaid tar- parking tickets from two thousand one. You need to some crazy lady with troll eyebrows from Operation Repo. <laughs> that was probably a bold move presenting at DEF CON because he could have got swarmed by like dog yeah. on stage. <laughs> <laughs> the hacker known as Null. Been sweet. So what's really fucked about this is that a lot of states like go through private companies for their ALPR ticketing systems. Mm. And then, yeah, like exactly like you said, it goes right to the collections and like, you don't even know until they're like calling you and, and messing with you. So yeah. Also, awesome... yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also, it's like, uh, you can't, um, like renew your license if you have like re- registration, if you have unpaid tickets, <laughs> And right, so it's yeah. like there's a it's like a ticking time bomb that never you know stops adding up. Maybe like whenever he has to renew his registration, he's gonna have a real bad time. Yeah. There's a really important question we haven't asked right now. How do I get my regular license plate to say to come up as null in the DB? Yeah. So that, so that, that guy gets my fines. Like didn't somebody uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't somebody um do an SQL injection as a plate? Or two time. Yeah, yeah. They just tape pieces of paper over their over their license plate. I think that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> this needs more testing. Could you go sixteen bit and throw all zeros at it and it would default all access? I mean not in the context of login, but that <laughs> just start sending you every ticket too. You just get you just get a, you just get a success message that says you are now logged in as admin in the mail. Now the global vehicle bandit. <laughs> it's like uh, blind sequel injection. In all the cars one. now belong to you. Yeah, this got me thinking too. Like um, these websites, right? For every state, you have your own website where you can register your plates. And it's like, man, think of how a old these websites are, and b that they accept user input. I was like. Cool boy, yeah. There's uh, some pretty, there's some pretty cool Austin vectors through some of those. Uh, tell you what, tell you uh, what. <laughs> before we incriminate ourselves, let's talk to you about the next um, story here, which is Apple seeks to shut down Corellium's uh, iOS uh, builds. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, boys and girls. Nope, not gonna happen. <laughs> boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, so basically Corellium makes uh, like pretty good replicas of iOS um, to for security researchers. And Apple's uh, problem with it is that 
they basically they're saying that they're subverting their own researcher policies or their um, good face good faith security researcher program stuff um, that offers all their big bug bounties and because they're saying that they are encouraging people to report them to third parties and sell them to the highest bidder, which I don't know. That's just how it has worked for a long time. I mean, we talked about this last week, like Apple only paying $1 million for like a full, like uh, no, no, uh, no user in action RCE mm-hmm. and like other people paying 2 million. <laughs> I'll pay you 1 million and $1. Yeah, like they're gonna. Like, I don't know. I don't see that as the thing. But they did say that, like, so Corellium are running a hypervisor and you know their own, I guess, XNU kernel of some kind that's pretty close, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what part of this? I don't understand what what part of this is actually like Apple's private data. Like, unless they're using like some part of the leaked iBoots or something like that. I mean, there's so many little bits of it that they could call on for patent stuff. There's like, like I feel like there's any like line of code that they could construe as theirs would be a count against like cover infringement stuff. They got to prove it, right? That's going to be a long, drawn out court case. <laughs> and unless Corellium have the money behind them to just keep fighting Apple, mm-hmm. like, I don't like you know they'll just go forever until they run out of money. Yeah. yeah. Definitely interesting, though, to see what will end up happening with that because I feel like they're not going to be able to shut it down, but they might find some bizarre loophole that does, and then who knows? There's just going to be some other place that just operates in some non-extradition country that just starts banging them out, too. Yeah, so Apple, Apple's current uh, virtualization of iOS like only well, and MacOS as well is like only on Apple hardware is the other thing. So mm-hmm. I guess they're trying to... like keep people who are doing Apple research on Apple hardware, maybe. Who knows? We should talk to POSIX Ninja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they haven't... Uh, like, uh, Apple x80... Uh, what is it called? Like, Hackintosh, the um, Mac, Mac OS x86 project, is, like, still around, still running. I mean, people... There are people who've done some pretty amazing stuff with, with that in general, though. Like, people have been able to, like, jailbreak and re-implement the entire OS and make... Yeah, like I, ISOs of, of pretty much everything <laughs> and rewrite core parts of the kernel to do funny things. Yeah, um, also I saw on Twitter some like developers were talking about how like nice like, Curly makes it for like building out and testing apps and like something, just a service that Apple doesn't provide, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. And it's like, it's shitty that you're going after someone for providing a service to your developers, like, people developing for your OS yeah. that, like, you don't provide. Like, if you're going to like sue someone for providing a service like that, at least provide that service, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, they were saying how fucking hard it is to find anything else that uh, compares with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yo, we can skip this Huawei story. It's basically the summary is Huawei is just like saying that they they don't give a shit about the uh, UK trying to ban them or anybody else trying to ban them. They're just going to keep funding other companies, which is funny. Uh, but the next one we have, <laughs> the next one is um, this uh, Firefox bug that could allow uh, copying saved passwords without the master password. Um, so this advisory they put out. Um, was if you have a master password for Firefox um, and you enable it to access all of your saved passwords in the browser, um, I guess there's just a bypass for it that you can just use to get around the master password dialog and get it unauthenticated. But it says that I'm unauthorized to access this bug. I need to have an account to see the details. On the bugzilla? Yeah. Lame. Lame, but yeah, update your uh, Firefox because who knows? Yeah, apparently, you have to have local access to the machine to do it. It doesn't seem like it's a remote thing. Um, well, Chrome has the uh, Chrome has that mode where you put it in developer mode, the flag, and then you can just dump like every saved cookie in JSON mm-hmm. format. Um, anyway, so yeah, but I mean, I if you're tr- if you're trusting uh, Firefox similar to the way you trust a password manager in that context. Um, then yeah, that's a pretty bad bug. 
yeah, I guess that's the lesson. Don't, like, Firefox is not a password manager. <laughs> well, I mean, they try to market themselves like that sort of all-in-one web experience. I mean, a lot of people do, and people uh, definitely buy the hype. But yeah, yeah. Uh, get a proper password manager or get a bunch of sticky notes. Do what you got to do. Um, <laughs> uh, the next one here I thought was really cool. This was um, confidential company documents exposed in public sandboxes. So this is a, a report that somebody had done um, on, I think, should have been VirusTotal, other, other websites where you upload, you know, random files to check them. And in monitoring these, they were checking for like PDFs and documents and stuff. And they ended up finding like a ton of benign stuff because if people are uploading things in mass from email or whatever um, and trying to check whether or not they are you know, ransomware loaders or whatever, um, they ended up just finding a bunch of like government documents and like company documents on these um, these sandboxes here. Which, oh yeah. Of course, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, on like VTI, right? You can just look up like the word confidential, right? Because you, you yeah. have all the YAR rules and whatever. But if you just have like I mean, confidential and like ISO, if you have intelligence or whatever uh boy like there's there's everything you ever want or you know password or any any of that stuff like mm -hmm. there's so much i mean and virus total like right they just put it behind this large paywall mm -hmm. um but like a lot of these other sites that are more friendly to researchers like uh don't Mm -hmm. And that's that's the trade-off, though, right? Like, is that you sit there exposing a lot of people's information. It's also, like, for, like, link caching, like caching and whatnot, a lot of these have super personally identifiable information, like plain text emails and tokens and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff that if you... And they all, since they all come from the same place, all the same URLs, like... Um, I know I've seen some like movie theaters and like all this kind of stuff that sends out promotional emails, but you know, they'll or receipts even like you can find receipts and the receipts contain, you know, personally identifiable information, of course. Mm. Um, and so there's like a lot of stuff like that. Anything that comes from an email you know, has that unique URL in it. Mm. Uh, and it's, you know, there bars no off because they think by the nature of you getting it in your email, you're the person obviously that it was, meant for so there's a lot of really really uh bad stuff there yeah. what about uh like is there a magic vendor box that like people put in networks to just you know ship their email off to uh vt and then just be like oh yeah this doesn't this pdf that was uh confidential is doesn't contain you know a dropper or anything yeah yeah it's, there's just so much of it that uh right it's once again it's just why do anything like just ship everything else out just ship everything out uh and don't don't think about where it's going or what the other people are doing with it they're providing you a service right so be thankful yeah it's definitely like it's, gets, uh, sorry, what? sorry you, you go you go oh, i was gonna say it definitely gets like sketchy with like a lot of like a third party like endpoint like protection and like email protection like third party sites that you know probably realistically a lot of those fun people are going to be using things like that as the back end with no regard to the fact that they might be sending like the CEO's like, you know, medical records, you know, over to uh virus total for some random person to pick out. Um, yeah. In that scenario though, that's like, there was a job I was on where the, uh, the printer was using just Gmail without an application password as the SMTP gateway. No, it's sick. So, yeah. The, uh, every single document ever that had ever been scanned in that um, office that was obviously, things that shouldn't have been out. We're just sitting in the sandbox forever. So yeah. if you replace Gmail with like, you know, one of these endpoint security fucking SMTP scanners um, and that's shipping off to somewhere like VT, then you get all kind of good stuff. Uh, when I used to do regular purpose IT shit, I worked for a copier company that uh, when you can first start scanning docs like to network and stuff and it was client server, the whole kind of thing. And man, they would just leave that shit just sitting on those open shares, accessible to anybody forever. Uh, I sit back and think about that and cry sometimes. <laughs> um, Maybe I should have looked at it closer. No, no, that would be bad. Maybe I should have right. looked at it. No, no, that would be bad. Plain text, unauthed, just, hey, here, have a share of everything. <laughs> I love FTP. 
Speaking of things to make you cry, this is a really cool uh, report of this. Oh, not a cool, uh, not cool in the news that it brings, but just cool in the way that they did all this. So um, this is a article called "Huge Sur- Survey of Firmware Finds No Security Gains in 15 Years." And so, <laughs> um, this uh, cyber independent testing lab. Um, had gone through and audited it seemed like they're talking about three billion or three million and three million sounds more like it binaries um from vendors in um different firmware iot embedded systems um and they just basically audited all this code which to me first off that's pretty ridiculous and amazing of just being able to to analyze that many binaries for vulnerabilities at scale but the the results from it of a time based um, like how many vulnerabilities were either patched or reintroduced into the code, um, it seems like nothing has gotten any better. Like any time that there's something that's fixed, there's another thing that's broken, and it's it just gets scary after a while when you think about these are things that are in our houses that are that we use, you know, like routers and. These these stats are like absolutely not surprising at all. Like, I mean, I'm oh, no. a, a fair bit of like ubiquity fucking around. Like, and uh, stack guards one point five three percent, ASLR three point six percent. Yeah, you know, it's just so low. But then you look at Microtech or Microtech, how you say it, it's supposed to be like really good. Like stack guards zero, ASLR none, Fortify source <laughs> not at all. Never used oh. it. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Like non-executable stack, almost nothing for everyone except for QNAP, which looks pretty good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. NASAs and stuff out of those. They they do have that one flag in their uh, in their make file, what <laughs> 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 saved them. <laughs> they had it from the get go. That's the thing though that they're talking about is that that the reason why they're they're saying that a lot of these um, these things happen is because it's like a it's a problem that starts off like with education on this stuff. Like people that are in school learning don't learn about these kinds of things when they're developing, and it just kind of just goes over. And people, people like it's it gets surprising to me sometimes when you talk to people that are developers, people who've been developers for a long time, that like trying to explain like a basic vulnerability that you say, hey, you shouldn't do this because of this, and they don't know it. That those kind of things get like really weird, you know. And it's like you don't you don't want to be like, oh, like you're an idiot, because like if they never were exposed to it, then how would they have ever known? But at the same time, like how are you never exposed to this? <laughs> like it's literally like people have been like, how long has ASLR been a thing? You know, yeah. like how long has that been built into like pretty much every compiler? All these different these different things they were testing for are built into compilers. Most of them are automatic in a lot of in a lot of compilers as well, you know. So it's the um, the hardware, like the the CPUs that a lot of a lot of the OMCUs, like a lot of them are running, uh, you know, like old MIPS stuff. Yeah, but I mean, still, there these kinds of things, though. Like, I guess as far as as just like like good like build practices, like even like good like like I don't know. I just it just seems like I, I don't. <laughs> it's hard to to understand sometimes how like nobody thought about like testing it for uh, for overflows or yeah I, mean, I, can, I can remember in like 2000 and uh like six or 2005 um there were these d-link like i oh mean i can't remember what they were what what the model was there were adsl modems that were just like you know usb only like no they weren't routers at all and uh there was a bug in um the nat table and when the nat table would grow a bunch like, like past a certain size like the whole thing would just lock was straight memory corruption. And so anybody, and it had UPnP like enabled as well. Wait, well, actually, no way. This was the router model. Sorry, my bad. And, um, and yeah, like once the, once the NAT table would grow past a certain size, the thing would just lock up like straight memory corruption. So mm-hmm. somebody opens a torrent client, router dead. Mm-hmm. Like, and did nobody think like into that and go like, hmm, why would that happen? Like, no one give, gave a shit. Just like, oh, okay, just don't open a torrent client. <laughs> that's, that's advisory. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's not surprising, but one of the things I like about embedded Linux, about working with um, like research on on those types of devices, is that it's like the '90s all over again. 
Yeah, like stuff that you like that is difficult on on regular PCs now is like mad easy on a router. It's like stuff that's not even on the OSCP, like of how old some of the bugs are. It's like I don't know. It it definitely is an interesting thing, and I suggest like I think it was Femto Duino who came on and he asked a bunch of questions about what sort of security measures do security people think that IoT should actually implement. And he had a thread somewhere. Um, I'll have to find it and post it. But it was about you know it was people like offering suggestions about like different like classes of bugs that should just be like squashed and like simple solutions for it, you know, for the most part. I mean, a lot of this stuff definitely is not something that is easy. If you have a, if you have an old code base, it's like, you know, pushing like 10, 15 years and you're still developing on it. If you have your own custom kernel, if you have all these different things, it's definitely very difficult to refactor. And I wouldn't say that that's a that's something that's an easy thing to do or that they're stupid for not doing it if they're a small company too but it's just one of those things where like i don't know i just feel like there needs to be better like like standards that can be followed by companies to just be able to have a framework or something to pull from where they can get best practices from rather than just stitching together like 10 years worth of like stack exchange and stack overflow answers well, you can look at like uh, the open uh, open WRT build chain anyway, and like you can look at that, and you can get a lot of good hints from that. Uh, but if anybody did want to start looking, like if you got an old router that's hanging around, and you're like, "Oh, that's something I should look at," um, follow some guides on finding JTAG because you'll probably almost definitely find it. Um, and then you can use a combination of Open OCD and uh, GDB multi arch, and then start fuzzing your shit. Like, <laughs> Instead of breakpoint and wait, like <laughs> EIP yeah. will be forty-one. Like, uh, yeah, that would be an awesome sticker. Set a breakpoint and wait. <laughs> yeah, that's literally that's that's it. That's all you got to do. Um, shout, speaking of breakpoint, shout to everybody's playing flare on with us, or at least playing flare on and just vaguely hitting each other. Um, if anybody's playing fire eyes flare on. Um, so, yo, the next thing here, um, is Ian here? Coldwater? I don't see Hi. Him. What's up? Oh. <laughs> cool name. Um, well, it, it is theoretically possible that another Coldwater might come online at some point, at which point my name makes no sense. So I'm going to be Gen 1, and if there's a Gen 2 at some point, you know why. That is cool. Okay. Nice. So um, the next one better. here is about uh, some flaws in Kubernetes. Um, this is I, – I only – I only briefly added or saw this after I added it right before I pushed out the show notes. But this is a ping flood and a reset flood uh, on um, Kubernetes. To be real, they're flaws in Go. And I think everybody's blaming them on flaws in Kubernetes, but they're, they're Go flaws that affect Kubernetes, as I understand. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I'm looking at this, I'm like, ping flood. Like, this is like the thing that people who write like booter.bat and like created on hack forms think DDoSing is. And like, this is actually a, a, an implementation of it where you can just do this. <laughs> Same flooding on this would actually work. Um, yeah. So. I mean, to be real, Golang is a mess. It is a hot ass mess. Like the only reason why we have not found them all yet is because people just haven't found them all yet. You know, like. Oh, come on. Them. <laughs> yeah, um, that's interesting though. There was another Kubernetes uh, advisory like earlier in the week that was like deleting all the stats from uh, I can't I can't find the thread right now. There's been a few CVs that have come down the pike in Kubernetes in the last couple weeks, and some of them have been sort of repeats of previous CVEs that they just keep repatching because yeah. for reasons. And uh, some of them are like you know Kubernetes or kubectl CP like is like the Docker CP phone that came up a while ago and they're like zombie phones that just keep coming back. Yeah, this is a cube state metrics 172. Just got a CBE. Ooh, yeah, that one too. I don't think it's that exciting though. I think, yeah, like delete them stats. Oh no, hackers. The one about namespaces was pretty sweet. Um, but I don't know if that got covered in a previous show. I haven't been here in a few weeks. 
Um, I put it in there in the notes. We never got to it. I never feel enough authority to talk about Kubernetes. So. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm no good to do good tech talk tonight, though. Oh, okay. Totally fine. <laughs> um, Congrats on uh, getting married, by the way. Hey, thanks. That was fun. Um, yo, so the next one here, um, this sounds like it's straight out of Dollar VPN Club's playbook. Um, this is criminals use uh, fake NordVPN website to deliver a banking Trojan. Um, yeah, I guess if you are somebody who uses NordVPN and also Windows um, and somehow came in contact with the website, um, NordVPN.club <laughs> was used to distribute a banking Trojan. It's a pretty good replica of NordVPN. Um, is this a military-grade uh, banking charger? <laughs> yes, it's sophisticated. 5D encrypted. Damn. Definitely yeah. recommended by CNET and PC Editor's Choice. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of... It's, it's just a song, and that's the encryption. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, um, it seems to be... Is this as a rule? Yeah, it's, it's just some common um, banking charger, but it is uh, being distributed by this, so... Watch out. And if you know anybody who uses VPN, NordVPN, uh, let them know about that too. Um, Maybe they should switch to Dollar VPN Club. <laughs> <laughs> a big shout out to uh, Katz had shared uh, his entry in uh, Trevor Packer's Red Team that states that uh, Dollar VPN Club is the reason he's never gotten busted. Um, so cool stuff. Oh, so the next one here, too, um, pretty cool, was the. A uh, person that released the uh, first public jailbreak for an updated iPhone in years. Um, this was due to a bug that was patched and then unpatched uh, in a new version of iOS, which <laughs> to be able to to uh, um, jailbreak their phones. Uh, the regression from on to twelve point four, twelve point three point something to twelve point four. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. Um, well, I do have like a Apple product. But I'm not too up to date on the different versions of iOS. But um, yeah, I guess it's pretty cool though that there's a new jailbreak. But also at the same time, you are on that version that could lead you to some pretty nasty exploits. Can anybody speak any more to this than I can? I'm wondering why they didn't take the two million dollars, not from Apple. Well, does it really count though if they reintroduce the same bug? It seems like more of their mistake. I don't know, like. Do you get money for pointing it out? I mean, I guess it's a new. If it's a new version, it's a new bug. I mean, it's not a. It's not really a dupe if the code regresses. Like, I don't know, if, if it makes it into a new release. Yeah, who knows? But if you are looking to jailbreak your phone, <laughs> uh, go for it. Yeah, that's definitely my first thought. I was like, damn, like, did this get turned away for you know, for money somewhere? <laughs> or uh, like damn, like I don't know. Like I appreciate, like don't get me wrong, I appreciate people releasing my stuff like this to the public. But also, like I would have thought you could have had a a pretty decent chunk of money for that. Yeah, the dark web deal gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite tweets are like uh, like Stefanessa uh, just tweeting anything, like just unrelated and then there's like some nigerian guy who's like stop give out jailbreak because i need to make money <laughs> like and you're like what you're taking kid out of my kids mouths who i'm trying to sell on the street yeah it's like <laughs> you'll be talking about like something totally fucking different look at me i am root now <laughs> Um, so the last new story that we have of the of our section here is uh, this backdoor in Webmin, which is pretty cool. This has been in Webmin for a year. I wonder who may have exploited it at some point. Um, but yeah, this is awesome. This is a if a, the admin had enabled a password expiry policy on their Webmin instance, then you could send a request to Webmin with a pipe and then a command. <laughs> Just like straight up old, old style um, command injection. It's yeah, it's been in there for a year, um, and it was uh, presented at DefCon. 
This is a great <laughs> stack. I, I love these stacks. Like Apache, Bind, MySQL, PHP, and XM. They <laughs> just put it all in one box. It's cool. I thought the hacked version of the code was pretty subtle. Like looking at the diff between the hacked version and the legit version, it was right there, but but it was still pretty subtle. I thought it was good work. It was good bad work, I guess. Yeah, no, this, yeah. this Webin has said that this was compromised build infrastructure. So whoever did it definitely did a good job of injecting some of their own malicious code um, into their build process. Build infrastructure is really underrated in terms of how much fun stuff can be done with it. Yeah. And that is all I'm going to say about that. Because <laughs> it's so yeah. dangerous. It has all the privs and everybody ignores it. Yep. Yeah, I think as well with like uh, like CICD chains, like uh, the artifact that comes out is just like trusted. Like, yeah, pass the tests. Code, <laughs> code that we controlled went in and the thing that came out passed the tests, good. Like, okay, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it gets real scary when you see uh, Shodan or Google Dorks. And there's also been a bunch of Jenkins RCEs in general, but the amount of stuff that already just unauthenticated where you can change build pipelines, it's pretty scary. So, uh, yeah, if you have Jenkins or anything like this, um, please don't. Yeah, the Jenkins... Uh... The Jenkins mailing list is pretty good. Like every time there is like a, a plugin that, you know, has like a container escape or like a build, like some kind of command injection or whatever, like they they do regularly put out um, advisories telling mm -hmm. you to hurry up and patch. So yeah. if, you're, yeah. if you're the guy that runs the Jenkins, you should probably subscribe that. Like I always say, Jenkins is my favorite RCE platform. <laughs> <laughs> RCE as a service. Um, Hey, so that was all we have for the news. Um, we should definitely take a little break uh, before we get into our main topic, um, which is mental health for hackers. So everyone here, uh, I guess we'll take like five, ten minutes or so to uh, chill for a bit, and then we'll be back. Um, definitely tweet out our uh, stream, and if you have any questions um, for the chat, definitely get them ready so that we can all um, have a nice chat. So... Do you want to uh, turn on the break music show? Yeah, I'll give it one yeah. second here. Be back soon. <laughs>